This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Are you ready, Corey? Yeah, I'm getting ready. Are you ready, Buckeye Nation? Welcome to the Scarlet and Great Podcast. Let's party, Columbus! Hello, ladies, gentlemen, and Mr. Ohio. Welcome back to the Scarlet and Great Podcast. It has been a while. Guys, let's see if we remember how to do this. Thank you for bearing with us. Myself, Johnny Bullet, and my co-host, Florida Corey Thompson, stepped away for a little bit. There was some toxicity in the air. Uh, I don't even know what we were arguing about for a while, but uh, that happened. You all know that happened. Proof that we need sports, like you saw on my uh, Twitter on the Twitter page, or excuse me, the Instagram page for the the Scarlet Great Podcast here on the Unscripted Ohio Network. But we're back, so find us streaming on the Unscripted Ohio Podcast Network. However, you consume your podcast: iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, Stitcher. We are back, we're back, we're back. Thank you for the messages asking if we're ever coming back. Yes, we are. Like I said, we just needed to step away from the toxicity. It got to the point Corey and I both uh, even deleted the Twitter app off our phone for a while. And um, it's probably best because we probably would have said some things that might have lost some of our loyal listeners or gained us a lot more. Who knows? But anyways, myself, I'm back. Like I said, Johnny Bullet. I am joined alongside by my intrepid co-host, Florida Corey Thompson. Florida Corey, how are you doing, my friend? Uh, Not so great, Johnny, not so great. Well, that's kind of bringing me down, man, because I'm excited to be back and record with you again. What's up? What's going on? I got arrested over the weekend. Okay. Uh, Well, I mean, that's not too far out of... Okay, tell me, tell me what's different about this particular time. Well, I'm going to fight it in court. I think I'm in the right. Okay, naturally. It was self-defense. Let me just start off by saying that. Okay, you believe okay. me, right? Um, I have no reason not to thus far. Okay. Other than our history together, Johnny, it was a battle of man versus nature. In Florida, believable. Totally believable in Florida, yes. And 
there, I, I came upon, you know, you know, Johnny, you, you, you like to fish, obviously. You're a big fisherman. Yes. I decided, you know what, I, I, Johnny's like my brother. I want to have more in common with him. I'm going to try to take this hobby up myself, become a fisherman. I like, I like where you're going with this. Your I just want right to be, I want, yeah, I want to have more in common with you, brother. You know, I just want to, you know, more common ground. Uh, you know, I, I'm diplomatic that way. Hmm. I saw the very rare swordfish. Okay. Okay. And I said, man, I, if I catch this, Johnny will be proud of me. So anyway, they're very, they're dangerous looking though. They got the, the long nose with the edges on it. It looks like a sword or no, I'm sorry. Sawfish, not swordfish, sawfish. Okay. Okay. I apologize. Well, you know what, Johnny? I said, as a science experiment, what would win? A power saw or the sawfish? Oh, okay. I caught the like sawfish. Like a plug-in power saw? Well, hold on. I caught the sawfish because okay. it came in my general direction. I think it did anyway. I don't know. I'm a little fuzzy on that. But anyway, I caught the sawfish, and I decided to take a power saw to its saw. Okay. And I tell you, I didn't realize that the power saw went right through it. It wasn't as good of a battle as you thought it was going to be. No, no. Actually, it was pretty easy. Turns out this this jagged bill that just gets thrust side to side by a fish is no match for a serrated edge with, you know, 120 volts of electricity flowing through it. You know, and, and here's the worst part of it. It killed the fish. Like, come on. Uh, <laughs> walk it off. <laughs> you, well, you tried to turn it loose after you cut its face well, I, off? I dumped it back in the, in the lake. <laughs> or, I mean, yeah, the ocean, sorry. And you know what? I got arrested. I, I'm sorry. I thought this was America. I, I, I did think this was America. My goodness, Florida man. It was um, coming right after me. I swear it. Well, I wonder how the... How would you defense... defend yourself against a sawfish? Why not with a saw? I mean, it made perfect sense in my opinion. Well, you are fighting apples to apples. You know, I uh, you, you do have that. But I wonder if it holds water that you took literally holds water you took the fish out of water carried it to your residence and then had to oh no i had this power saw on the boat oh in case i need to do some you know hey look i have i have this is sounding a little bit uh premeditated no you see i i had to get some carpentry work done okay you are a contractor but i also wanted a fish well, I mean, it's America. You're innocent until proven guilty, uh, unless you're on Twitter. So, well, unless they um, use this maybe audio I'll, for I'll evidence, right? Yeah, that's true. Uh, anything you say can't. Don't well, your secret's safe with me. I'm sure no one's going to Google that story to see Florida man saws the face off of sawfish. Um, like you said, I thought this was America. You know what, Corey? That that means it's time for us to declare. Our own sovereign territory on the internet for the Scarlet and Great podcast and, and others like it. Not I'm, not I'm down the same you. as other, not the same as other websites. Now this one's different. This is one where you open a browser and type our information in, or click a link, and then it goes to a page with our stuff on it. Not that might sound like that might sound like. A, a regular web browser, but it's not, or, or web page. It's not. It's different. It's different. It's different. Okay. 
So, our own space on the internet, sovereign territory, uh, agreed upon set of rules, and, and agreed upon contact content demanded by the fans. But it's different than a regular web page. But we do have a problem. We have run out of food already. We didn't think this through really far. Please send uh, all your vegan hot dogs. I'll take a ra- I'll take a beef. I'll take anything. Wow. Fascist. I'll take anything. Yeah. What? Well, I mean, okay. Yes, it is pretty pro Nazi to eat meat. I understand that. But I mean, do you want me to die? You want me to starve to death? Obviously, the vegan hot dogs will have will have precedent. But you know, folks in Ohio is mostly who's listening to this. You don't have a huge vegan hot dog base, so maybe we're in Seattle, but we're not. So we get that out of the way. We get that out of our system. It's different. It sounds like a regular web page. It's different. <laughs> Corey, we got to get back into healing this world. The only thing that will heal this world, if you're a religious man, you might say, oh, you know, the call of Christ. And I would agree with you, but that's not what we do here on this particular platform. So I will say, well, you mean we're not this world. We're not. (laughs) Dabo Sweeney coming up next. Uh, I mean, yeah, he's not wrong when he says that stuff, but yeah, it's not what we're doing here. Um, Buckeye football is what will unite this world. It'll unite this country, or at least the state of Ohio, which the state of Ohio flag looks close enough like the American flag. It will unite us, Corey Buckeye football. There is so much fun stuff to talk about. Because the season is going to happen, anyone who says it isn't is racist. Um, Even anyone who's like, well, Mr. Ohio is definitely racist. I've noticed tendencies with him. Yeah, well, you see a lot of his, like, woke stuff coming out. I'm like, you're compensating, brother. Next thing you know, you're telling me you're, you eat real meat, too. No, he does. He definitely doesn't. You don't, oh, you don't think he's that far gone? No. Okay, so he's just a regular old run of the mill. I don't know if certain football games will be played racist. Okay, um... But anyways, Buckeye football's happening. College football's happening. There's a lot to talk about, guys. There's a ton to talk about. This season going to be a lot of fun. I think uh, Ohio State is one of the top two front runners for the title, as it should be. And uh, I, Corey, I thought this would be a fun experiment. Again, we're not going to get into the reasons why. Buckeye football is happening. College football is happening. Things might look different. Yes, it's a different topic for a different day. I do think it could get hairy because of the winter time and viruses are worse than winter. How you know when when the metal hits the meat, so to speak, when you got conference championship games, playoffs, etc. Um, let's play everything in Florida. Um, play it on Orlando, which Kyrie Irving will remind you. Orlando is systemic racism. Um, if you got, I still don't know what he was saying. <laughs> want to look into that. play a football game in Orlando though especially the Buckeyes are in the playoffs Corey I wanted to look at though there are some pieces moved moved around we have main pieces back on this team but I wanted to go through with you and say 
Give me one player, not a super obvious player, not a Trace Herman, not a Justin Fields, not a Chris Olave, not a um, a Pete Werner, someone that's going to be a three-year starter, not even a, a a Zach Harrison or somebody like that who you you know is everybody's looking to peak. I want not a Sean Wade, right? I want the one player from offense and one player from de- the defensive side of the ball who you think is key to the success of this these this team. And uh you know, like I said, it's not going to be an obvious thing. And then we'll take a break and then we'll get into um five players from each of us that fit that criteria that aren't like this obvious. They're not a Trace Herman, Justin Fields, Sean Wade that this, that uh, I think the success of this team kind of almost hinges on. I think this is going to be a lot of fun. Corey hasn't seen my players. I haven't seen Corey's players. Uh, but we, I want to go do that first two, that, that first list first. Corey, how would you like to do this? Would you like to go, one of us does both of ours, or one offense for one offense, then one defense for one defense? Let's take turns, offense to offense, and defense to defense. Okay. Well, as they say, um, age before beauty. I knew you were going to say that. Like I, I just knew you were going to well, say I was, that. I was trying to think, yeah. So I guess you want to go first. Okay, fine. <laughs> um, you know, as I am uh, kind of the one chair here, I'll go first. And as you probably have a level of thought that I didn't bring into this, I kind of want to hear, and I'm sure, let's face it, the fans probably want to hear your take. So, um, I'll go first. Uh, Let's do offense, all right? And you don't know mine, I don't know yours. So, hey, if we, now, I think it's entirely possible we have the same player somewhere on this list, but we'll see. I don't know mine, you don't know yours. Or, I don't, you don't know mine, I don't know yours. First player for me, offensive side of the ball. Key, key player to this team's success. Corey is a big advocate of this. Everything on offense, I think, starts with, besides a quarterback, the offensive line. If an offensive line is bad, I mean, okay, so what? You got great players at skill position. They don't have time to do anything. We have a great player who or a player who's supposed to be great in Harry Miller coming in and presumably taking that left guard spot uh you know left by Jonah Jackson. He will play alongside on the interior line alongside Josh Myers, who will play center. Well, Corey, the reason I'm picking Harry Miller is yes, I know he's supposed to be very good. I think he's at a five, he got a five star. Was he a universal five star recruit or a high four star recruit? I believe universal five composite five star. Composite five star. Um, you and I have talked before. He may not be as good in everything as Jonah Jackson was by the time he, Jackson was like a fifth year senior or whatever. But his ceiling is far and above supposedly what Jonah Jackson's ever was. The reason I think is so key is a he's young, right? And youth again. Just because you're a five-star, you know, I think he'll be a second-year player on the roster. His youth, uh, he, he will have to be very good. And this is another piece. I think Jonah Jackson was a – Ohio State's offensive line was a bunch of maulers, especially in the run game. A little, If I'm pl- being super honest, though, I don't think Jonah Jackson was an exceptional pass 
protector last year. I think as you get interior linemen, they get their they don't play tackle for a reason. Their feet aren't terribly quick. And when those linebackers and such, especially in the Big Ten Championship game, those quicker players come up the middle, it causes some problems. Same thing with Josh Myers. I don't think Josh Myers was an exceptional pass blocker. I thought he was a mauler in the run game. If Harry Miller is subpar or just average... And Josh Myers is okay at pass blocking. Then you got two guys playing next to each other who, you know, if, if teams start to see that and really come hard up the middle, they're, that's an issue, right? And then you're talking about blowing this thing up to where Justin Fields won't have time. His issue last year sometimes was waiting a little bit too long. Uh, you, I think you may, may, may see what you saw in the first half of the Big Ten Championship game again if – Harry Miller is not very good uh, in, in any way, right? A little, but especially pass protection. I think that's where the interior alignment struggle sometimes. And if he's not good, I think you'll see that. Conversely, if he is good, right, then you go right back to where you were without missing a beat, right? You go right back to where you were, but everybody's year older minus J.K. Dobbins, right? You get an older version, a, a more mature version of Chris Olave. And Garrett Wilson, and then you got the next wave of receivers coming in, and Justin Fields, even a year older, more developed, more time with Ryan Day. So if he is good, I think this team is going to be fantastic offensively. If he's just average or okay, I think that can be a bit of an issue. Full disclosure, that was my guy. Well, really? Ah. Yeah. Ah, but you were trying. I to had be a more backup. Like I came prepared, Johnny, because I figured we well, we, th- we think alike. So, well, were your reasons the same as mine? Basically, dead on. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <This is crap. laughs> see what happens when you don't actually. Pre- you see, we we prepared, folks. We just didn't prepare together because we wanted it to be a surprise and see what happens. And we want to be organic. I wanted your organic organic reaction, and you wanted mine. I, I those are those thoughts you had on Harry Miller to me are absolutely dead on. It is he is an absolute key to this offense going without with a with a weak link in the offensive line. It just means less you can do on offense. That's all there is to it. I don't think he will be a weak link, but you can't just say five star. He's guaranteed to be great. You know, you have to see it exactly. And I, just, I mean, we're confident. Don't get me wrong. We're confident he will be. <laughs> Yeah. Also, Corey, though this is of all the ones that are most likely to struggle, even though it's not real likely that he does struggle, I'd say he's more likely to struggle than MPF playing right tackle instead of left, right? Because MPF's supposed to be left tackle of the future. I know Thayer Mumford can ball. I know Josh Myers got a year of experience, right? I know Wyatt Davis will kill a man at one point in this season. Um, so I. Like, if if somebody on that line is going to struggle, it would be him, in my opinion. What what a nice problem to have, you know. Um, this this is our big issue. We have a five-star otherworldly uh, future center playing left guard for us who was actually pushing the starting center last year as a freshman. Man, what a ho- horrible, horrible problem to have. Uh, I, I, I will say this, Johnny. I'm going to go a different direction then. I had a backup plan just in case this happened. Okay. I'm going to say look out. 
I think he could eventually become key to this offense is Jamison Williams, the wide receiver. I like it. A little bit different. You know, and I'll tell you, and I'll tell you why. We haven't had the speed demon since Devin Smith. There's to, I mean, don't get me wrong. Paris Campbell was a speed demon, but he wasn't a downfield threat. That right. downfield threat speed demon, this guy could end up being, and here, here's the, the key to this. It just opens up sections of the field for our other, you know, uh, robotic mechanical uh, technician receivers like Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave to work. And he, even if he's not getting the ball uh, five, six times a game, just spreading the offense, I mean, spreading the defense out, taking the safeties with him, just opens up mis- mismatches all over the field. And not to mention, he's actually considered by some that are smarter than me on this a better route runner than Devin Smith. So that makes him even more dangerous. He's not just a, a I don't want to say Devin Smith's a one-trick pony, but that that trick he had was pretty darn good, arguably the best yeah. in Ohio State history. <laughs> but I look at it this way. If he, can spread the, uh, if he can spread the defense out, imagine the openings that gives a guy like Ryan Day, guys like Kevin Wilson, Corey Dennis, to uh, use utilize the other weapons we have, it creates openings for it makes jo- the job of Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave that much easier, as well as Jeremy Ruckert over the middle of the field. So I think Williams could be an unsung hero if he develops as we expect and he becomes that alpha dog we need and on the deep threat of the ball. Not to mention, I'm not even mentioning the fact the big play ability. He can take a hook pattern and take it all the way, a la Terry Glenn. How do you, you know, know? He can take it deep like that. How do you know? You know, he can do these things, but the un, the the unseen part of his game is being able to open up areas on the defensive side of the ball where he can create openings for other players and be an unsung hero in that sense. And I think Johnny, we've kind of missed that. I mean, it's not not to say our offense wasn't great because it is great, but now you take an offense that may not miss a beat in the run game with the offensive line being almost cemented intact. Trey Sermon coming on, Master Teague being cleared to play. By the way, he's healed like he's healed like Wolverine from the X Men. Uh, Justin Fields, another year in the system, uh, and he got Chris Olave, arguably the best receiver in the Big Ten. Garrett Wilson, an up-and-coming star and a technician. And now you add an element, a speed demon element to it to where you can open up different areas on the offense for all this all this firepower. This might offense might actually uh, just, just be even better than last year's offense. How do you know he can take a hook pattern and go to the house with it? Yeah, I know. I've never seen it, but whatever. <laughs> We're so spoiled. And not to mention, Corey, like, well, honestly, our Z guy last year that could take the top off to just run a go and go right by it was Olave. Don't forget, he's freaky fast. Because he's so good in the intermediate, he's also good. So if you you have a double go, right? If you have Olave and, um, and Jameson Williams just running a deep route, right? Unless you're in cover two, Cover, you know, both helping the corners. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I think one guy's getting open. So, there's, you're right. There's gonna be a ridiculous amount of speed. I'm glad you were prepared with a backup plan. Hey, man, I'm nothing if I'm not if not prepared once in a while. <laughs> nothing if not prepared once in a while. Um, okay. All right. <laughs> so. Defensive side of the ball. I think it's more likely that we have the same guy here. And I'm going to tell you. 
Yeah, that's pro. That's true. Um. All right, you ready? I no, haven't no. heard anybody talking about this. Joshua Zach Harrison. Proctor. No, I'm kidding. Uh, jo- yeah, <laughs> literally said it could be him. Josh Proctor, Corey. If we're gonna do this Madison thing that we did last year, this bend but don't break, but really don't even bend that much. Single high coverage where we could place basically play three corners and one safety over the top. The Jordan Fuller role. If we're gonna do that again, keep in mind Jordan Fuller was great as a sophomore, and then he was. Re- then you came back. You know a little bit of a letdown. Shiano's offense as a junior, but he was still a great player. And then he was great again as a senior. He's such a staple. You can play single high with him because he just cleaned everything up. You're not, he's not taking a bad angle. You're not getting by him. You can do whatever you want. Keep him back there and you can play that single high safety and basically don't even disguise it, right? And and allow, again, to play with three corners. We had Sean Wade in that, in that uh, third corner position who was technically your second safety, but, you know, uh, playing obviously with a slot receiver, you need that really good coverage guy. If Proctor, and as we've seen him, he, he last year he wasn't Jordan Fuller. He was athletic. He had the ability to do the good, make the good play, but he wasn't a sure thing like Jordan Fuller was. And if he can't get it right. I you know obviously I don't think the coaches will put him in a position to do something he can't. They might try. They might try the old uh, Urban Meyer thing. Look, this is what I'm. This is what you're supposed to do. This is what I'm paying you to do. You're supposed to do it. But if he can't, Corey, I don't really know who could. And then you got to go back to a cover two, right? And you got to change your concept up, right? You got to go maybe with two safeties, or you know I don't know. You maybe, maybe you got to bail. Pete, uh, Pete Werner again, right back there to help you, and you don't have as much help with the linebacker and core, linebacking core up there. So, I think if Josh Proctor isn't great, that you can't you take away the identity and one of the things that made this defense so good last year. And you know, I I, I don't I don't even know what a too high safety look would look like anymore, right? Like I don't even know who our other guy would be, how we would possibly do it, and and so on and so forth, and seeing how effective it was last year makes me really want that look back. So I think if Josh Proctor isn't isn't great, and again, I'm not talking 90 tackles great. I'm talking about great as in you can trust him and you can put him back there and play whatever defense you want because he cleans everything up. If he's not great, I think the defense is going to completely have to change. Uh, he was in consideration for that, but I didn't quite go with them. Uh, but I do agree with what you're saying because the Clemson game did not give off a lot of confidence. Although let's be, let's be totally honest that remember Gary and Conley against Michigan state in 14, when he had to fill in for Eli Apple, let's just say we were all begging Eli Apple to come back in. Uh, <laughs> but, and then Conley turned out pretty good for Ohio state. So, right. One game does not determine your future. I hope Proctor learned from it. He has the physical ability to be great. Um, and then if he's not, then Marcus Hooker is going to take the job. You know, Or they might play him both just to play two, two safeties because of, the, because of that issue. If they don't trust either one of them to be that single high guy. Uh, to me, 
I guess this is a kind of an obvious choice, but it, I don't think it's talked about that much. Is Baron Browning, but not as his linebacker role. I want to see him flourish at the rush end. Because I am, I've said it a hundred times on the show, I am still concerned where where is the QB pressure coming from. That, to me, on this team, offense and defense, is the, the single greatest uh, thing to try to replace. Is that, again, you're not going to have anybody become Chase Young, not right away anyway. Harrison has that potential, but not right away. Uh, if he becomes half of what Chase Young is th- this year, then we're lucky. But you... you you got to have to replace him in the aggregate, and I'm hoping Baron Browning, because I actually think he's almost, you know, being a senior now, he's he's got to be looked up to as a leader on that defense, doesn't he? And and you got to look at him and say, dude, I, we're going to have to ask a lot of you. You're not going to just have to steal the edge and be a linebacker. You're gonna you're not going to have to just be good in coverage. You're going to have to get to the quarterback. We need you to help get to the quarterback, and that'll be interesting to see if he can fulfill that role, which I think he can. And I don't. We don't need him to have 16 sacks. That's not what I'm saying. Uh, but if he can add a six to eight sack range and add QB pressure, that will ha- uh, tremendously help the defense kind of uh, pick it up from last year. I agree with you. Losing Fuller is hard to replace because it's he's steady Eddie, and people. It's a unique thing. I think too, even, that he did. Yeah, I think people underappreciated him a little bit sometimes. Uh, but I, as far as that pass rush, which is honestly is helped tremendously uh, with the with the uh, the pass coverage last year, and I almost went seven banks for that reason because we need we need that second corner to step up. But I, I went with Baron Browning because that pass rush to me is, I mean, look, it's no secret pass rush in football is vitally important, and I think Harrison can be good. I think. St- Tyreek Smith has the ability, but he needs to get over his injuries. Baptiste has some pass rush ability, but we don't have a guy we can look at. Like last, we going into last year, we knew Chase Young was coming. Right. We knew he was coming. I can't say for sure who. I mean, people are on Twitter constantly. Zach Harrison going to have 10, 12 sacks as your book. I hope he does. I really, and I think he can. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm confident he can. I don't know that he will. So, I mean, for all you know, you have high expectations of him, and he doesn't quite make it. You know, he didn't quite get there like you expected. Uh, I think Browning can be that catalyst to help the pass rush from the outside, and I really think that's going to be key. I think you're exactly right. You'll see later in the show uh, similar thoughts I have on that. But, yeah, I think Zach Harrison's going to be great. I think he is the closest skill set thing to Chase Young. Um that will because you know a very very fast maybe even faster um, defensive end, and I think he will be better at, as a young man. I think he was far better probably as a freshman. I think he was better as a freshman at, at reading the run than Chase was as a sophomore. Um, I can agree with you on that one actually. Chase, Chase Young overran plays a little bit, yeah. Yeah, and, and I mean got a lot better at it at, toward the end of his senior year, um, but. You know, that's a little anecdotal thing I've noticed. I guess if I analyzed, you know, someone better than me analyzed the whole body of work on both, they could disagree with that. But what I think, I think that's true. I think Coop is really good in spurts. I think Tyreek Smith is really good in spurts. I think Jean-Baptiste is, I mean, (laughs) is supposed to be good. That's about all I could say. I mean, I don't know. Um, yeah. So yeah, I'm with you. You gotta have some, 
some uh, uh, pressure on the quarterback. Uh, and Browning can get it done in the middle, too. I You notice he doesn't get home when he blitzes the middle. But what he absolutely does is he, when the center stands, hits him square, right? He drives that center backwards all the way into the quarterback and creates pressure and creates a hurry every time. I mean, when it's it's different. I mean, when a center or a guard picks up Tough Borland on a blitz, eh, you know, well, he got blocked. And when a center or a guard picks up Baron Browning on a block, it is like, Okay, get rid of it. He pushed me backwards. Push me. It's it's you know it's like a little bit better than Akeel Lynch stepping up on Joey Bosa, right? It's not like he's getting picked up and carried. Like Joey Bosa could still be dragging that man, right? Forward and without even slowing down. Right, Joey. Yeah, I love Joey's actually. explanation. I was just too tired to run around him. <laughs> Dude, when he stepped up, it was like was it a joke? throw you at the quarterback um but no uh, i so i think watch that it's ter- terrifying baron browning is a terrifying athlete uh just when it comes to raw skills so i'm with you on that Corey. we'll see agreement on that when we get into our next list let's take a little bit of a break though so we can hear from our good friend larry faulkner and how he can make you all wealthy What's up, Buckeye fans? By now you've heard about my friend Larry Faulkner's book, The Illustrated Guide to Financial Independence. I'd like you to check it out. Buy a copy now on Amazon. Larry is a retired Dayton, Ohio police officer who stepped away from work with a million-dollar portfolio all because he has followed financial principles that are universally accepted as best practices and he's laid them out very easy in a book for you guys to follow so that you can enjoy your own fantastic retirement this is not a pyramid scheme not a get rich quick scheme this is just ways to handle and manage your own money and make good decisions his type of thinking has changed the way I look at money and has changed the way I look at my future. So get your copy today on Amazon of The Illustrated Guide to Financial Independence. Yes, there are literal illustrations in here. Very easy to read book where you can see how to manage your own money and enjoy a retirement and a future where you call your own shots. Remember, there's a difference between being rich and being wealthy. Many of us may never be rich, but with Larry's principles, a lot of us can be very wealthy. So check out your copy today. You cannot afford not to buy the Illustrated Guide to Financial Independence. All right, Corey. I'm back. It's time for our list of five players who are... Not, you know, screaming at the top of the list. You know, not somebody that you're not a Trey Sermon, a Chris Olave, et cetera, et cetera. Not a Justin Fields of who you think is key to this team. You already know on my list is Proctor and Miller, right? And I assume that maybe they're on. I know that I know that Miller and uh, <coughs> excuse me. I know that Miller and probably Jamison Williams likely are on yours. So I'm, I'll go through mine real quick, 
And I'm not going to give you a long rundown on each, right? And then same thing. We'll, we'll have a discourse and then give me yours. And we'll see where that takes us, okay? So obviously for the reasons I said, Josh Proctor and Harry Miller. The number three player that I think is going to be key for this team is Jeremy Ruckert. And here's why. One, as a third-year player, right, I think, and we know he was uh, extremely, you know, touted. When we got him, we were like, whoa, this is a nice, nice grab. Big and fast and, you know, a borderline slot receiver as a tight end. I think you got to utilize the guys that you have. So, one, just kind of from a recruiting standpoint slash it'd be a shame not to really use them and, well, let's face it, we don't use tight ends all that great uh, at, at this university. We used Ruck last year in spots that were great. But I think K.J. Hill left a big role, uh, a, a big hole in this offense. He wasn't extremely tall or fast, but he was agile. He understood routes. He understood leverage. He was much like a basketball player that's not extremely quick, but knows how to just barely get you leaning the wrong way and then go the other way. Gets his shoulder by your shoulder. And in basketball, that's a done deal. Now you're at an extreme advantage as an offensive player. KJ was so good at that in the rest in the red zone. That little slide route he could do in the red zone, where he wasn't really open except by what? Half of the frame of his, you know, the width of his body, basically. And you could throw lead him a little bit on that pass, that little quick out, that little slide route. In the red zone. Because remember, we didn't we didn't utilize Alave speed or Wilson's jump ball a whole lot. You utilized KJ Hill for the last two two years in the red zone, and he was that guy in the slot that could run such a sharp route. Maybe when you get a a safety or a linebacker out there that he could just toast. Now, that is not Jeremy Ruckert's skill set, but I think Jeremy Ruckert's skill set will be his size and a combination of size and speed that he'll toast linebackers. And if a smaller guy is on him, you can just kind of toss it up top. I think he has a little bit of a difference in his skill set, but he can be that third option in the red zone, especially when people are staring at Garrett Wilson for the jump ball or you know, so on and so forth, or when they're really staring into the backfield trying to stop a zone read with Justin Fields. Um or just like we used him last year, you send uh, you send him on a streak right up the middle. You send uh, uh, Jeremy Ruckert, and you don't have anybody back there. He's so fast that he gets upfield quickly and can really hurt you. Furthermore, Corey, to match your Baron Browning, I give you a Baron Browning for all the reasons you said. I think Corey, he will be. I think he will do what he did last year in spelling tough as a relief middle linebacker. Because he has that skill set. But I think you'll see what you saw sometimes where you just line him up on the edge, right? And you say, who are you going to block? The defensive end or Baron Browning? And I think you'll also see him blitz the middle because, like I said, he's he's terrifying in that regard. Uh, and when he plays middle linebacker well, you see him just snuff out the run game, right? He can bend around the line of scrimmage, go get the linebacker or the 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 running back in the backfield. Baron Browning is, from what I understand, people who know this better than me, he doesn't always guess right. He doesn't always take the right angle, and that's what keeps him from uh, just knocking tough completely out of the job. But when he's right, Corey, he's really right. right. When he's right, even as making a regular linebacker play, not a pass rush play, you're like, why isn't he on the field every play? That guy's terrifying. 
when he gets, you know, wraps around the line of scrimmage, gets a linebacker, uh, the line uh, running back in the backfield tosses him backwards. It's all beautiful to watch. So, obvious reasons, Baron Browning. And my fifth player, Corey, is again on defense. And I'm going to go Cam Brown on this one. I know a lot of people are high on seven banks to spell Sean Wade as the opposite corner, and maybe Cam takes that third spot. I actually like Cam to take the, the outside corner spot. He looks so good in relief of Damon Arnett last year. He looked really, really nice. And, hey, Corey, do you know Damon Arnett was a first-round draft pick? <laughs> so crazy to say that still gets me that still gets me uh i think and it's he awesome. earned every penny he made yeah i just, i just who would have thought who would have ever thought even going into the draft i'd have been like no uh but anyway i thought second round for sure but i i'll tell you what we did predict he would have a bounce back season though he certainly did um but cam brown i think athletically is better raw athlete than uh, and Arnett, I think he's a great athlete. And if if and I remember when we had Zach Smith on the show the first time, he said before last season, I'm like, who are some freaks on the roster people don't know about? He said Cam Brown, and man, he looked it looked pretty right when we saw him in relief of Arnett. Um, and also, if if actually he held up in great place when he came in for Akuda a couple times as well, he actually held up well. Yeah, I mean, and if for whatever reason. That outside corner thing's a, a, a tough, you know, it's, it's a premium spot. If Wade's not the best at being corner one, right, if he's better at corner two or be, maybe he's better at that Honey Badger Swiss Army knife position in the slot, who knows? Man, it, how nice would it be to just slide a Cam Brown right over there and be a lockdown guy? So he's my fifth player on uh, on players that, you know, may not, may not be at the top of your list but are key to this this team. Proctor, Miller. Rucker, Browning, and Brown. It's a good list, Johnny. Good list. I'm proud of you. You know, um, I'm gonna. I don't I'm know, have a I, podcast soon. Yeah, I, I don't know about a specific order, but I will. Uh, I will say that uh, number three for me is a tie. If you don't mind, same position though. It's not two different players from two different positions. I'm not cheating that way. But offensive tackle, backup. Dewan Jones and, and Paris Johnson Jr. If Paris Johnson Jr. is the backup, we'll see what happens in the camp. But uh, look, Johnny, I love Thayer Mumford. I love his story. I'm so extremely proud of him. I hope he has a really solid NFL career, which I think he can have. Uh, but, you know, he's been battling injuries, Johnny. And you have to be prepared for the fact that it's possible he, a guy like him can go down. You, you may not have him the entire season. Or you may go into a week where you're like, yeah, he's our number one option, but he's really banged up. Do we really want him against Wisconsin or, or Penn State even, who has a Micah Parsons who could tear tear our guys up? I mean, be you, so glad do, when that guy graduates. Oh no, Micah's a monster. Yeah, uh, but so you got to say, you know, Dewan, you got to count on Dewan Jones and Paris to be ready to be the guys on the outside when we need them. And look, the inside has been fortunate. Knock on wood, has not really suffered too many injuries. The outsides where we have suffered some injuries. It goes as far back as even against uh, 2017, I think. I remember Michigan when Thayer Munford had to kind of prove himself uh, in Ann Arbor uh, because of an injury to I think Isaiah Prince at the time. Uh, you know, we he, he had to come in and play the right tackle spot. So 
Look, I love Thayer. I, I really want him to have a really great bounce back type year. I mean, not that he played bad last year, but he wasn't quite himself because of injuries. And you, you, we got to be ready at that at that left tackle and right tackle spots. And say Nicholas Petrifier just isn't what we ho- we hoped he would be. Mm. You, you got to start looking at other options, right? So, I mean, I don't know if they will. We don't have a history of just benching people. But that being said, if he's you know if your quarterback's getting killed because of him, you you, you know you're going to have to look at other options. So I think the backup tackle position. While in good hands, potentially is on pay, is on really on paper only at the moment, and I do think Paris is going to be great. I think he's the closest thing we've seen to Orlando Pace at Ohio in a long time, but it's not guaranteed. You know, I can't sit there and say I can't definitively prove it to you right now. Um, so that tackle spot is that cheating, Johnny, to put those two at tight at three? Because I, I don't know who's going to so. exactly going to no. be the backup yet. You know, no, I think no, that's fine. All right, good. I'm not cheating then. Uh, number two, sticking with my line of scrimmage, uh, Tommy Togiai doesn't get talked about a whole lot, but Ooh. he's going to be a starter this year. He's going yes. to be a starter. Bob and you know Landers what, Johnny? Two even stronger. Not Bob we, Lander, sorry, uh, Devon Hamilton. And yeah, Hamilton was the the first anchor we had had since what Hankins? Really? I mean, look, we've had good defensive tackle play, but have we had an anchor like that since Hankins? Man, Just Hankins a big man so in the middle good. who doesn't let you do anything. Hankins was so good. Kept Joey, I think, probably from being double teamed. Or if, Who's if that? Joey was double Hankins, you're right. Oh yeah, he Hankins. So good. Yeah. And if Joey was double teamed, or it, then Hankins was just going to eat. Well, did Hankins play with Joey? Or no, no, no. I'm thinking. I'm thinking of uh, of after him. I think actually they had one year together. I think it's sophomore year. I think 14 they had together. No, Hankins not, didn't play in 14. I know that. Am I Michael Bennett I, and Adolphus Washington were the Washington. guys. Washington, Washington was the last. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're right, but yeah, I know Hankins, Hankins played in twelve. I don't know if he went beyond that. But did he? That he went all the way way to thirteen? Maybe, perhaps, maybe I'm thinking of Joey's freshman year when we saw him coming on. Uh, thirteen. Well, yeah, think, Joey's a freshman in thirteen. So uh, yeah, perhaps. But anyways, going back, I miss having a Jonathan Hankins type presence in the middle, and I think. Adolphus Washington, Devon Hamilton's the closest thing we've seen since then. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and, you, you know, I think my number one pick will surprise you, but I'm I'm sticking with my backups thing because I think backups are extremely important, as I, I think most football fans understand that. But, Tommy, I'm, but Togi is not being, not being a backup. He will start, but he's going to – look, Hamilton was so undervalued by fans. I can't even believe he wasn't a bigger fan favorite. I, I love Hamilton. Hamilton turned into a monster in the middle, and he was so good. I remember, now granted, it's only one person. When he got drafted, they somebody laughed, so he barely even played at Ohio State. It's like He was a starter for the last year and a half. What are you talking about? Ch- Chase Young robbed him of a few sna- sacks, and he sa- he sent a few guys to Chase, I think. He did. He did. He pushed. He got a push all the time. Uh, Hamilton was an absolute monster. Loved Devon Hamilton. I can't wait to see what his brother does. Just as he is, if he has that same work ethic as his brother, watch out. He's going to be a, a you know an, a stud out of nowhere because Dan, Devon was a stud, and I think Togiai has the talent. I think most people would agree with this. Has the talent to even surpass Hamilton and be a better player than Hamilton. Oh yeah. And so now we get we get to see Big Tom, who everybody to a player, a coach, has said that he's the strongest player on the team. Now we get to see that Samoan come in and clog the middle, and I think it's going to be so key to guy. You know, like we, like you've talked about on other podcasts with Kyle, especially 
tough is the starter at middle linebacker? What do we? Um, we're not, you know, good, bad, and different. Like you said, he's it's going to happen. Yeah, Togiai is going to have to make him look better because mm. Togiai is going to have to clean up the middle and and keep tough clean because tough is not the greatest at blo- uh, shedding blocks. We all know that. But Togi, I have absolutely believe Big Tom can clog one to two people easily and take a lot and keep up and take a lot of space for our guys. Now let's not be honest. We What's that? let's be honest. We're kind of waiting on him. We've been waiting on him. Right, it's this true. will be his third year, right? We've been and obviously uh, Devon Hamilton was so good. You didn't want to bring him off the field last year, but I mean, we've been waiting on him to be like okay. Here's that huge Polynesian dude, the strongest kid on the team this day. He stepped off the bus. <laughs> Let, let's make your splash, right? Let, we're, we're waiting on it. Yeah, he's the first guy off the bus, and you're just thinking, oh, geez, you know, it's going to be a bad day. Uh, look, Big Tom, I fully expect him to make a great, have a great year, but he's it's going to be key. He needs to be he needs to be at least Devon Hamilton's level for the defense to be successful again, and I, I believe he will be. Number one. I, I'm I'm so happy to go to number one and shock people. Gunner Hoke. I don't want Fields to get hurt. At no, all. I'm talking about Ohio State's team. <laughs> Buckeye. I do, do you, this is look look at the screen. This was my face when you said that. Yeah, I, I, I was. You know what? I I went a kicker. Is it, a kicker? You know what? You, if oh, you don't, the kid from Kentucky. You, he's going to be the backup, whether people like it or not. Uh, I know people, C.J. Stroud, they're very excited about, a little bit less excited about Jack Miller. People are, I, I think that's ridiculous and wrong. Jack's got all the talent in the world. I, I, I think I, it is crazy how people just, even I think Bill Green on Zach Smith's show, just, nah, it's going to be C.J. And I'm like, oh, Zach's twice his size and yeah, we'll, we'll been see. the man Jack's for a working time. just as hard. And I, yeah. I'm not, we're not knocking either one of them. Whoever's the quarterback, we're going to support. But uh, stop, stop. Forgetting Jack Miller's name, everybody. <laughs> but uh, that being said, Gunner will be the backup this year. He just will be. Uh, you you'll see the freshman play a little bit. You if don't so out of hand. Do you that, think you know, that changes game seven through twelve? Maybe. No. <laughs> no. No. <laughs> I absolutely think if we're in a tight game and Fields goes down, God forbid. I'm knocking on wood. Please, God, don't let your. Y'all hear that? That's me knocking on wood. Uh, God forbid, uh, Gunner Hook will be that guy to come in. And I, by the way, I think he can do a decent job. I'm not saying he'll be Justin Fields, but he can manage an offense. We well, remember when uh, Chug came in last year, and the thing is not who's who's he got calling the plays for. You remember that play that Ryan Day drew up for him that and he just it, missed? <laughs> I think it was it KJ or somebody would have. I mean, KJ is wide open. Would've I could have got a touch. I I. I Corey, I could have gotten a touchdown off that one. Oh, yeah, it was a wide open. I mean, Ryan Day says the first time he was ever just just ticked off at a player. He just he's like, <laughs> he's like about to pull his scholarship. <laughs> yeah, Ryan was even saying that you know I spent all these hours designing these plays. I had that one drawn up. That was my play, and you couldn't even find the guy. <laughs> yeah, so I Gunner Hook can hit that throw. It, it, Chug, Chug can too, but yeah. If if he has stuff like that waiting on him, shoot, I I think I can hit that throw, you know, one out of three times probably. <laughs> well, I I'm saying definitively, Gunner Hoke. I mean, hey, coaches like Ryan Day, they love experienced guys, mm-hmm. and Hoke is experienced. I'm not, he's not as talented as CJ or Jack. That's indisputable. Okay, but he's experienced. He knows the offense. 
He will be the guy if, God forbid, something happens to Fields. And, uh, I mean, last year I even wanted him to be the guy instead of Chug, but I don't make these decisions. So, uh, he, apparently he battled injuries on, in practice. all Now, so I will say this, barring injury, if he gets injured in practice, then I think CJ will probably – I don't know, but CJ's pretty skinny. It might be Jack, but uh, it'll be one of those two guys. But Gunner Hoke will be very important. It, it's, it's always said in football, your backup quarterback is extremely important. That's why I'm listing him number one because you don't want the season to be over with if Justin goes down. And I, I know I got some skeptical fans listening right now going, well, Corey, if Justin goes down, the season is over with no matter what. Uh, I don't want to believe that. I want to believe we have more than enough talent that Gunnar Hope could JT it all the way to the playoffs. Okay, that's that's a good question. Man, you're getting me. First of all, awesome list. Can you go one through your, your list again real quick? Oh, I, Just I had run through him. I had Harry Miller, dang you. Right. Uh, but I Jamison Williams, then I had Baron Browning, and then I had uh, the, a tie between Paris Johnson and Dewan Jones, Big Tom, number two, and then Gunnar Hope, number one. Great list. I have this question, though. I think, as you're right, season it and over if, if Gunnar comes in, I think you can maybe eke out a Big Ten title with uh, Gunnar, and that's about it. Um, yeah, I don't think you're beating Clemson. Really, right, right. But I think I, you're... I, I, I'm one of those people that annoy you, Corey, where I say, yeah, JT could have, he would have beat Michigan. He would have beat Wisconsin. I don't think 59 nothing. I think his luck runs out against Alabama. Personally, where I stand, I think, like since you said, and I'm not saying you're saying this, but since you said Gunner could JT it. You know, that's... No, Johnny, really quick, Johnny, you know why you don't annoy me with that theory? Because Why? you don't talk about it like it's a foregone conclusion no matter what. You you say, it's in my opinion. I think that's what would have happened. When people say, Jay, there's no way JT wins those games. I'm like, how do you know that? Yeah, I mean, I'm like if I, I I'm fairly certain, but I don't harp on it because I know you're obviously – what good is it going to do to argue about it? But I'm fairly certain about that. Uh, but I also – I was fairly certain we weren't going to beat 15, Wisconsin fifty nine to nothing with Cardale, either. So, um, you know, there's a lot of things I don't know. But this this is what I was going to say. Since you said that you don't think CJ or Jack comes in game six on because they're not they're not or anyway you don't think they're QB two yet. Would it be fair to say though that? Freshman CJ or Jack Miller's ceiling is still higher than six, seven, nine year senior uh, Gunner Hoax is late in the season. Depends on their development, but if you're not getting enough game reps, which I don't know that they will or won't. I mean, we, we I mean, we should. I don't think we're going to beat Oregon so bad that we uh, that that, that right. one of those get in there. But so, I, but wouldn't this is kind of where I'm going though? If you're at like. I don't know, game nine, and you basically, you can still drop a game and win the Big Ten, right? Or or, or win the East, right, and go to the Big Ten. Do you maybe throw them in there and say, look, Gunner is never the guy to take us there. If we're, if we're going to try to hang a title, do I go ahead, go ahead and go with, uh, go with the Young Buck now? Like, kind of like, you know, just it's a little well, bit. CJ is going to have to put on a lot of weight. Okay. Yeah, let's, I, let's I that's why, that's why I think. That's why I think it would be Jack. And I also think, 
like you pointed this out for me. People look at Jack Miller's numbers, and I even did right at one point. It's 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 been in fifty percent or lower, right? And you were like, yeah, you know what he's asked to do on his high school offense? His deep ball, deep ball, deep ball. Like all he's the literally time. asked to do everything. That offensive line was trash and got him and hurt. And plus, the points. offensive line was bad. Plus, he got hurt. And, and I watched him, uh, like Facebook Live, on a comeback game, walk off touchdown pass this senior his senior year after we interviewed his dad. I think that that, that was awesome. Jack's two hundred. Jack was in January, Corey, two hundred and twenty two pounds in January. C.J. Stroud was a hundred and six pounds ounces no ounces. <laughs> he wasn't that small he's a small dude you know i well, if micah parsons were to hit him i don't know if he'd ever play football again at the size he is now <laughs> right so <laughs> i i'm kind of with and you. that's not to say we don't think he's extremely talented but he got to be more than 185 pounds <laughs> right i mean there's something to him because everybody that watches him goes whoa that dude can play so I'm not dismissing him. I need to watch more of him, too, uh, to be honest. But, uh, yeah. But you know what? Though, I stick by what I said. I don't think they, they know the reads, the protections, the check downs. So you don't, don't think, think you don't think Ryan goes, screw it, I'm, I'm putting him in. I don't care. You think he no, goes, no, I, we're I going with Gunner and we're riding route. it out. And it's where where we end up at the end is where we end up at the end. But you got to understand, I'm also confident Gunner's decent enough to, like I said, JT it. Uh, right to win games and win the big 10 and get us to the playoff. Uh, I don't know if he could win in the playoff. I, I'm not going to speculate that far, but I don't know that one of those freshmen could either. So I think he's definitely good enough to win the big 10 is the chance higher though. Brent Venables versus Gunnar Hoker, Brent Venables versus freshman Jack Miller. I actually think Brent Venables versus a freshman QB with very limited experience might be really, really tough for the QB, but yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Uh, but like it, if it's, you know how sometimes defensive coordinators do. Uh, I'll leave him something, and he knows it's there. I just don't think he's good enough to make the bomb. And and that's something I think you could probably do with a Gunner Hoke, right? Is, like, I assume he doesn't have the greatest arm in the world. Not a terrible arm, but he is where he is for a reason. Um, you know, like, and keep in mind, he's going to have Ryan Day in the headset. Where it's like, Ryan, oh, Jack. Three strep drop, and I'm, I know what the defense is. I know what this look. I want you to take three steps, pump, pump fake, and then throw the ball as far as you can down the sideline. It will be there. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, I'm just playing here because this is a fun. And I know I'm, people will go to like, well, look what Trevor Lawrence did, or look what Tua did. I'm like, yeah, neither Jack or CJ are on those levels right now. Um, but I will say that I, I look at look I look at this look the team around the quarterback is ridiculous to me it's starting to look like it's rivaling what we had in fifteen okay I I'm not yeah. saying that's exactly where we are because I'm not comparing Trey Sermon to Zeke and I don't think we have I mean but but Alave and Wilson are not far off Mike Thomas and uh, that, I mean size wise of course they are but as far as productivity and how great they are at the college level I, no I don't think so the offensive right. lines looking really great Jeremy Ruckert I mean I and you got a great offensive mind we've we, you know two years of Ed Warner we got like a phenomenal offensive mind now I think he if he can just distribute the ball to, to the weapons we have if he can just play smart and manage the game he we can win games especially if our defense is really good. 
No, I'm I'm with you there. I'm with and I'll give you this teaser. Uh on Minnesota Sports, Bill Green sat down with uh, Zach Smith and uh I think it was uh it's Ross was it Ross Fulton? Ross or Kirk? I was gonna I, I, I think it was Kirk. I think it was Kirk. I think it was Kirk. And anyways, Bill Green said he never hardly picks the Buckeyes to win it all. The only time preseason, the only time he picks them to win, picked them to win it all was in fifteen. Everybody did. That was justified, right? Um, and this year. Now, granted, things don't always work out like like they said. This is a different topic for a different show, but kind of went on, like you said, we're rivaling that position, right? We're rivaling that there. I this is this is um brought up some good things, Corey, that I think is going to feed other shows we have. I want to talk about this on another show. I want to talk about this national championship favorite type of deal. I also want to, I'll give you a teaser. Remind me of this, folks. Mike Weber and Curtis Samuel. That's your teaser. We'll get into it on another show. Corey doesn't even know what I'm talking about, but something came out. I rarely do know what you're talking about. Yeah. (laughs) Says the guy who sawed off a fish's face because he wondered how it You'd have been really scared if that just dulled the saw, saw bl- blade real quick and just stopped the saw dead in its tracks. You wouldn't have known what to do. I definitely would have swam to shore. <laughs> I'd, he, I'd give Jumped him out the of boat. your boat with the rest of the sawfish. Yeah. No, no, I mean, I would just, I would have let the fish have the boat at that point. And I'd just... <laughs> You're like, he's going to saw this boat in two here in a minute anyway. Or I might take him home and make him a tool. I don't know. <laughs> oh, man. Yes, Corey. This I think this was good. This was a lot of fun. Chalk. If you, if people are still with us and bear with us through the shenanigans at the beginning, chalk full of Buckeyes football talk. They can. This is going to be a little bit longer show. They can split it up into two two parts if they like. This is really good. We're going to have to do a good job of promoting this show, guys. If you see us tweet this show a lot, right? Like if you see us tweet this show over and over and over, then. By the time you listen to it, you gave in. This is why. Because I really think it was a good show. It's so much more Buckeye football talk than you're getting right now. It's what the world needs. And, you know, we got to do it justice. Because I By think the way, Johnny, a- I, we got to announce we got some surprises coming up here yes. in the near, near future. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. Um, but real quick, I was going to say, I, I, there's a chance the show doesn't get listened to a lot because of the hiatus we took and then people look and see the timestamp being long. We're going to push it, split it up into two if you have to. You'll if you're listening to this at this point, you've seen why. Yes, Corey, perhaps next week's show. I'll actually be in Ohio, and I'm kind of thinking maybe I don't want to take the mic and the computer and stuff with me. Um, but I think that's an opportunity for you to do something special and introduce something to the Unscripted Ohio Network on our next week's show. I'm working on it. That's it? That's all. I, I'm not I'm not giving any more clues than that. I'm you just on. said we got to talk about. Oh, it's it's coming. I'll make it happen. You just said, Johnny, we got to talk about what's coming down, and I just, I said, okay, yeah, let's talk about it. And you're, well, I figured you're I'd always, leave you hanging, just you know, yeah. Because you're you were like, hey, Johnny, let's week. talk about that thing, and I said, okay, Corey, go ahead. And you said, it's coming. Great. Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I left you hanging, like you're leaving me hanging next week. Okay, so. Well, maybe I pack up the mic and stuff. Maybe I broadcast from Ohio again. I did it before. I did it before. In your car, like you did last year? No, that was in Florida. That was when we were both... That was in Florida. No, last time I was actually in the... It was the Michigan State preview 
and I was in the state of Ohio. I was in my old high school bedroom, believe it or not, getting it done. Were all the uh, dirty magazines still under the bed? (laughs) If you knew my family, if that ever went down, I would not be alive to have this podcast. I would, mm mm-mm. Wouldn't it? It'd be it'd be the Corey and <laughs> it'd be the Corey, Corey and swordfish. And, no, Corey, you'd have to make it'd be or Corey sawfish, and sorry. yeah, Corey and Callie Buck thing would have to come back and, and be a revival. Yeah, James, how dare you? <laughs> yep. So maybe we would make it happen. I guess Corey, you don't want to let the cat out of the bag, but you have something cooking perhaps for next show. And but we also have a, a special guest coming back. It looks like pretty soon that we used to have on the show that I'm pretty proud of. So. I uh, look forward to that coming up, especially when we start previewing the season. That will be a key. That will be a key point. And uh, we'll see what this summer holds. It's still early. Um, but Buckeye football is doing it's, – it's it's back, guys. It's coming back. It's coming back. I will – I mean, if it, if, if Buckeye football doesn't come hey, back – Hey, you saw the pictures, didn't you, Johnny, of all the, the kids moving into the hotel? Yeah, or they're or yeah, was it the Woody Hayes Woody. Yeah, they're what doing what their pra- practicing, getting their Chick Fil A, wearing their masks outside. Gosh, a lot of them had Chick Fil A, didn't they? Yeah, I think that was you got it free after your workout. Like I think it was a a given meal if you did the workout. Well, that's a good prize. Yeah, I work out for Chick Fil A. Me too. <laughs> Can y'all go get me some Chick Fil A right now, please? Well. Speaking of which, I got to let everybody go. I'm sure they're hungry. I'm hungry. We got to get to some stuff. Corey, it was awesome being back with you, man. It was okay. (laughs) (laughs) That just took, (laughs) you just took me back to, I'm sure, probably my dating days. Well, well, I don't know. Give me. I'm not going to say Karen. Give me another cliche girl name here. I'm not going to say Tammy any Lynn. other real name. Yeah. Well, Tammy, that, this was awesome. That was okay. <laughs> All right. See ya. You mean you didn't like the putt-putt and the ice cream? <laughs> you didn't like the, yeah, the putt-putt and the Tasty Freeze. Hillsborough and Ohio. Hillsborough, Ohio has the putt-putt right behind the Tasty Freeze. For that reason, it was okay. I was just spitballing there, too. I, I... No, yeah. I mean, you've you've seen one town of 6,000 people. You've seen them all. That's true. That's a good point. And Florida's got many of them, believe it or not. (laughs) I bet. Well, since it was just okay, I'd say it's good to go ahead and cut this off here. Thank you guys for bearing with us, sticking through all of the junk with us. We're back. Uh, Sports will be here to unite us. Um, I thank you for forgiving us for stepping away. Although we will never forgive Drew Brees for having grandfathers. And as always, we bid you goodbye, God bless, and go Bucks.
brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain. Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older, or that's what your doctor tells you. But Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all be connected. Hormonal changes that happen during perimenopause and menopause are at the root of dozens of symptoms women experience, not just hot flashes. Midi specializes in compassionate care for women in menopause. Their solutions are safe, effective, and FDA approved. Plus, they're covered by insurance. A convenient telehealth visit with a MIDI clinician can be your first step to getting personalized care. They'll tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history so you can get back to feeling great. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.